In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that helps you transform your struggles with your dog to unlock that stress-free life. And for sure, today's episode is a struggle that many of you have. In fact, you've emailed in about it, and so we thought we'd tackle it. So, thinking about digging, digging Mm -hmm. being a painful part of the dog owning journey potentially when you've got a dog that digs the garden up or digs the neighbor's garden up or digs to get in things digs to get out of things maybe even just generally digging in the crate just digging in itself being a bit of a painful part of some dog ownership Ah, tearing the hair out. We must get, I think, probably, I was, I was talking to the ass team earlier, Tom, maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 emails a week yeah. asking about digging. And in fact, one in particular that um, that got kind of pushed in front of me was um, one that kind of sh- highlighted that we've got to talk about this because actually it's not necessarily totally safe. And that is, um, a dog was um, it really you know, enjoyed digging and did a lot of digging in the garden. The owner had no grass left. It was just one big hole. And one day the dog actually um, managed to dig a hole under the fence, got into the neighbor's garden and the dog uh, the the neighbor um, owned actually didn't like other dogs and got bitten. And that dog had to go to the vet for multiple stitches another dog um recently that um we came across had also been digging to the point it actually made himself bleed mm-hmm. so he dug and he like buried something yeah. but making his own nose and his own yeah. face upset but equally it can actually just be as simple as it annoys you and, and I, it's a pain I've got point a funny story it's a pain point. about this actually i had a behavior consult once where a, a man was in tears because and i i can t- kind of understand it i wouldn't direct it towards this particular thing, but I kind of get it. He was in tears because he loved his lawn. And he, he, there were tears streaming down his face. And he was like, I've got to be honest, it's the most frustrating thing because I take pride in my lawn and there are holes in it. And as he said, there are holes in it, tears started to fall down his face. And I thought, we've got to fix this. Now, it can get even more extreme. Like, I have to say, one of the things that my dogs did recently, and and I found this one quite, not probably on the lawn level, but fairly um, irritating, was they jumped in my herb garden to dig a hole. They jumped in the yeah. herb garden. So we've seen it too. We do certain things to prevent it, like having raised beds. Yeah. But actually, uh, we we know it's a struggle and we're going to tell you exactly yeah. what our top tips are to avoid this. Absolutely. So the um, the first tip that we have for you is actually 
the re- you, at the moment, your dog might default to, you know, digging whenever they're in the garden, whenever they've got a spare, you know, minute in the garden. And that's really rehearsed, right? You know, it's a little bit like, um, have you ever gone to the supermarket and you're pushing that supermarket cart down the aisles and you're picking things up from the shelves and putting them in and you are not thinking, oh, I need a cucumber, right? Instead, what's happening is you're pushing that cart along, you're putting the cucumber in, the broccoli's going in, and before you know it, your cart's full and you not actually really processed that you were thinking about what you what you did at work today and it's exactly the same with dogs that sometimes you know it, because it's so rehearsed actually they're just doing it that you know it's it, it almost goes beyond this is something that i thought i want to do like i didn't want a cucumber it just ended up in my cart and uh, and it's exactly the same for your dog so rehearsal is important and actually this struggle you can really transform it in three weeks but in order to do that we have to stop the rehearsal And that means whenever your dog goes into the environment that they might dig for the next three weeks, we're probably going to pop them on lead. They're going to toilet on lead for three weeks while we work on this. And actually what that does, probably the most powerful training you can do in all this, is it tips the balance towards them rehearsing other things in the garden. So what we're thinking is what do I want rather than what don't I want? And equally, think through all of your management strategies. It might be a lead. It might be a long-lasting chew. It might be a Kong, a bone. could be something filled. Mm -hmm. could be a scatter. Um, could be actually go and play games. So yeah. you might be part of Sex in a Squirrel or lots of our other uh, online um, games uh, programs, uh, training academy or mm. any of those things. And you might be a pro dog trainer listening. Yeah. You've got the games at your fingertips. You can go in the garden, you can play these games, you can have a load of fun with your dog and actually change from this is what I don't want, stop digging, to mm. this is what I do want. These are the sorts of things we do in this space. Remember, your garden is just another zone, another room, another space to rehearse. And so for me, um, what I realized um, quite quickly with the digging uh, in the herbs was that's just not going to be something I allow unsupervised anymore. And so actually uh, starting to consider supervision. Yeah. Uh, and actually for those three weeks, like Tom said, actually three weeks is enough to change this. And so supervision is really, really important. So being vigilant and not being lazy about this, yeah. going out, popping them on lead. And if you are going to pop them out without supervising, then actually no, it can really damage that period and it can just set you back. So uh, personally, I would be quite vigilant on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, before we move on to the next tip, there's a, a I guess, a, a cool announcement, um, a big kind of game changer win. And that is that this podcast now is listened to by over 20,000 people oh each and every Goodness. week. And you think about the dogs that that's impacting and you think about the struggles that are being transformed. And I guess what we're saying is make sure to share this with friends. Make sure to leave a review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever else, whatever other platform you use. Um, leave us a review because that gives context for other people. Remember, when you first got your dog, you were looking for answers, you were firefighting day by day, and you you kind of searched on the internet and there were lots of options and some of them probably were not suitable and not good and maybe even made things a little bit worse. So the more context we can give to people that are looking for answers, the more they're going to find this and the more they're going to achieve real life results even quicker than going via many other strange methods. Now, I think it's also worth acknowledging here, guys, that sharing is really, really caring yeah. and it's caring for all of your other like-minded dog folk around. Yeah. And the thing is, when 
when you do share, you're actually enhancing your local dog community. You're enhancing your own dog experience. You're enhancing uh, the fact that the dogs you meet are more polite and the fact that you'll have a better general walking experience. Or even, I mean, this morning I was just saying to Tom, uh, I had a very, very loud, noisy neighbour and actually a uh, barking dog. Uh, and actually, these are the sorts of things I want them to hear our stuff, yeah. to do our to do our programmes, because for me, it makes living more fun. Yeah, I've got a recent story where I lo- literally looked out of my bedroom window. I think I was actually getting changed, which could have been a, you know, an awkward moment. But I looked out of my bedroom window and I saw a border collie um, being walked by, um, by someone on a choke chain. And every time that dog kind of st- took three steps in front of the owner, got the biggest check that the the front feet bounced off the floor and you could see this dog's face kind of like do like a, a grimace at the, you know, how uncomfortable that was. And I, you know, I, I was I was watching, I, was, I couldn't have run out there naked. So I was like, right, get my clothes on. And, um, and I, I saw what was happening. And this was happening every three steps. So one, that dog wasn't learning. And two, that, that actually there was a lot of discomfort that was being used that was so unnecessary. So I ran downstairs I got one of the poodles on lead and I just happened to go for a walk with one of the poodles at the same time and I had a conversation with this owner and I I didn't you know say I was a trainer or anything I just said you know what actually what worked really well for for this particular dog that I've got with me it was Magma this particular dog she was especially tricky to teach loose leash walking but you know what I did is I put loads of value in her staying close through these games and I can I can um, direct you to a link and now I don't have to think about doing things I can relax and she can relax and this owner was like oh you know I think sometimes we we assume that people when you see people using uncomfortable aversive methods we assume that that's some kind of personality trait of that person that has meant that they want to inflict pain on their dog not at all they're probably they probably feel like that's the only option and they've been told by people this is what you need to do and so they're trying it and trying it and it's probably totally against everything that they feel comfortable about but they think there is no other option so the more you share this the more we can help dogs and the more we can help owners actually not be put in a situation where they think they have to inflict pain on their pets. And I think it's that sharing um, is is our, uh, we, we can do it so easily. Mm. It's such an easy thing to do. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, it's just that little bit that you can do for your community. Yeah. It's your contribution. And at the end of the day, contributing uh, puts us all in a yeah. in a better space. Absolutely. So anyway, digging. We got sidetracked. Digging, <laughs> digging. Yeah, we were digging. Um, so digging. Another um, thing that I would certainly say, and, and I know uh, we say it, it for, for absolute dogs, calmness is king. Mm-hmm. So yeah. actually growing calmness in each and every aspect of your dog's life not considering um, that actually the garden is a big picture actually the whole world is a big picture yeah. so calmness in your uh, kitchen calmness in your visitors greetings calmness in your general everyday life so for me I'll give an example um, I've got a young border collie her name's Nifty she's very very high and she's high a lot of the time uh, for me a lot of um, her lifestyle we're working through calmness so actually being able to sit and settle in a crate uh, being able to settle when there's exciting things going on, uh, scatter feeding for for breakfast, mm-hmm. thinking through calmness as a way of life uh, for your dog. Absolutely. The, um, the I had a funny moment the other day where um, where Bet was um, kind of mooching in the um, in the garden on the the grass area of my garden, and I have to admit that my grass is overdue cutting, and so it was a little bit longer than than usual. And I um, I was kind of like working away doing my own thing, and then I was like, oh my gosh, where is Bet? She's gone. 
she has gone. She ran away. Um, and, um, and then I realized that actually she was asleep and the grass was a little bit Green. higher than her. So I couldn't see her. Um, and that I think is sometimes we forget as owners that really the goal of how our, uh, our, how our dogs should behave in the garden is actually exactly the same as the house. They should be calm. They should sleep. They, you know, they shouldn't be trying to and entertain themselves. Equally, if you're not getting in the house, then actually we can't expect in yeah. the garden, right? Like yeah. for me, um, I think that a lot of um, Nifty's groundwork starts in the house yeah. because the garden is terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's like looking at That's actually how we grow. And and those of you that are part of the training academy, you're obviously getting to share yeah. Nifty's journey uh, and watch the busy uh, manic and- chaos that is nifty uh, because actually it is a it is a challenge to grow that calmness it's yeah. not natural for d- don't think that all of our dogs come with that button right yeah. tom yeah absolutely so next tip is actually okay we've reduced rehearsal we've inspired calmness right and if you want to know where to start with calmness and you're not yet in the training academy first of all what are you thinking second head to the youtube channel and you will find a, a, a tutorial on teaching calmness um to your dog so just search absolute dogs on youtube Make sure to subscribe over there. New video each and every week. And then we've got to think about actually, well, what do we want our dogs to do instead in the garden? And this is where actually utilizing what we call boundaries. So they're, you know, a, an area, a, a bed where they get on, they think it's cool to be on it. They want to be on it. They see it as a valued area. If they see the bed, then they're keen to get on it. Strategically placing those in your garden so that actually they look at the patch that was previously a hole. They look at the bed and they say, you know what? I've got more value for getting on my bed. So I'm going to go do that. Now, how does that start? Well, quite simply, using your dog's daily food allowance and rewarding them for being on a bed. Do this in the house. Now, this is something we play again in the training academy. If you're a training academy member, you'll get boundary games as a mm-hmm. bonus. An example of this was I was watching in my garden the other day. I've got a garden that I can kind of um, leave a little unsupervised, but watching from the window. And I watched my dogs take a bone to the bed. Mm-hmm. So they take the bone yeah. to sit on the bed. And that for me is always a win because they're saying this is where the value is. I'll even take value to it yeah. to add more value. Yeah. Like it really is a win, isn't it? Yeah. When Thistle was a, a, a puppy, she, um, if you gave her a really high value chew, it would almost like stress, just stress her yeah. out because yeah. she was like, oh my gosh, I've got this really cool thing. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe I'll put, maybe I'll put it here. Maybe Bury I'll put it. it here. Maybe one of the dogs will take it. And she'd just be like running around with this chew in her mouth. And as soon as we taught her boundary games, we saw her choose to get on the boundary. And then because she was anchored, she was like, oh, I can eat this chew. And then she would start eating it. But it was that, you know, that could have been a battle where we're like, for goodness sake, this will lie down. What are you doing? Just and it's a conflict. Chew. It's a conflict yeah. for them. And and the fact that the other dogs will learn to see all this busy little movement because Tom has uh, multi-dogs, obviously. So they're going to see this busy little beast running around yeah. and trying to work out what to do with the chew. And it kind of fills the whole house bucket. So actually, it, it is an anchor, right? Yeah, absolutely. So then what we've got to think about, you know, rounding this discussion of digging off actually what do you do if you see that your dog is digging or they're about to dig and this is where we don't want what we want to do is limit rehearsal of this and we have to understand that rehearsal is going to be the most powerful driver in this situation so what we're going to do is we're going to make some kind of attention noise it might be like a weird noise it might be um you know something like opening the the door so that they get a, a moment of being distracted um from what they're doing and then we're going to redirect them onto something more appropriate now to start with that might actually be okay can you get on your bed right let's feed 
feed you on your bed. And then what you're going to do is say, right, we're getting back in the house and we're going to make a mental note to ourselves that actually next time we need to be supervising them a little bit more, catching them before they, you know, that moment that they think about digging where they, where they look at the patch that they could dig and instead immediately employing them in something or moving them to something else or just calling them in because rehearsal is going to be king in transforming this. And I think that is something that really you can apply to so much of yeah. your dog training. Rehearsal is king. So if you're seeing what you don't like in the house, mm-hmm. then actually you're probably going to get that to transfer to somewhere else if yeah. you're not careful. So actually taking that as a bit of a premise for life with your dog. Absolutely. So guys, that was digging. That was this struggle transformed. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel. If you're not in Training Academy yet, what are you thinking? Get involved. And we will see you next week in the next episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast you've got one thing to do between now and then and that is stay Stay sexy sexy. (laughs) hey before you go have you taken part in the worldwide sexier than a squirrel challenge it's a 25 day online video program huge energy amazing community and over 6,000 people are already taking part the only question is you know where you are today where do you want to be 25 days from now head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy 